Welcome to the Maritime Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Wioli. In each episode, we bring you exclusive interviews with maritime professionals, industry experts, and students. Our guests come from different backgrounds, including shipping, yachting, offshore, supply chain, and more. Our goal is to give you all the knowledge you need to succeed in the maritime industry. Welcome everyone, welcome back to a new podcast episode. On today in this podcast episode, we are going to talk about a special solution in the yachting industry. It's a young startup. On today, our guest is Catalin, uh, the founder of Acunautics. Catalin, it's a pleasure to have you today. Can you introduce yourself, please? Yes, thank you very much for having me and uh, thank you for actually addressing this topic. It does require more visibility and it does require more uh, attention from from the industry stakeholders, because I think it's a very uh, dynamic uh, market sector. A few words about me. So my name is Katalin. Yeah. I'm one of the founders of IQ Nautics. We are a Dutch startup that aims to uh, solve operational challenges of yacht charter companies and uh, private uh, yacht owners. And uh, in my as my background, let's say, uh, is very much into IT and technology. Uh, have been working uh, in this area since many years, more than. 17 years, I think, uh, and uh, have done a lot of uh, projects in terms of uh, digitization, uh, video streaming platforms, uh, even automotive stuff. And uh, it's nice for me actually to be able to combine my work experience uh, with the passion I have for sailing. Great. I mean, that's a good point because I wanted to ask you, uh, why did you choose to, you know, to focus your your startups, I mean, in this industry, the yachting industry. Uh, so I think it's because, of course, you really like sailing. Um, I want you, just you to say something for people, you know, because say uh, the yachting industry, it's like a, a, an industry for passionate people. I noticed uh, people working in this industry love sailing, love the sea. Can you like say, is it possible for people who like the sea sailing to start to launch their own project in this industry? Because usually people think that, Working is not always fun. You need to make uh, to to pick something like not necessarily in your passion. Absolutely, I think it's always best to combine your passion uh, with your work. And if you have, uh, let's say, the opportunity to do that, try to follow it. Of course, it does require for you to know uh, the industry and understand the problems that you are trying to solve. Okay. And in some cases, I think it's important also to have a network. Yeah, that's a very but I would I would say I would say the following. I would say for young for young entrepreneurs who want to enter the industry, yeah, it's also depending on the solution that we, uh, on the problem that you are trying to solve. Okay. Because it might be that you identify a problem, you have a, you build a very nice solution for it, and you don't actually need uh, a network in the industry to solve it because the solution uh, will actually scale by, by itself and uh, will become viral at one point. But in general, I would have to say that you have to uh, understand the business, the industry, and you have to understand uh, actually the networking in the industry. Okay, quite interesting. Can you give maybe to the listeners like an overview of the solution uh, of Acunetics? What, what kind of solution are you fixing in industry? 
I, I'm always I mean, problem here, yeah. not for train. <laughs> you want to you want to talk about problems? Oh, that <laughs> I think we I think we need a few hours to talk about problems. I think so. Um, yeah, kind of frame a little bit the discussion because the yak chatting industry is quite uh, uh, quite big. It ranges from small yachts between whatever 20 to 30 feet up to 300 feet so i would say let's focus a little bit on the segment of it yeah. and i would say let's let's focus on a segment of vessels up to 24 meters something like that because that's kind of the range where uh, most of the companies uh, in the industry are active and also the private uh, private owners who are offering their yachts for chatting and <laughs> these guys actually the industry itself is growing and we noticed since many many uh, uh, years that the growth is quite uh, solid it's expected actually to grow to a staggering uh, uh, 50 billion by 2030 mm. and in order to sustain this growth these companies or these stakeholders need to become more uh, efficient and need to become uh, and need to be able to scale efficiently because when they build those businesses maybe 20 30 years ago what you did not have any access to this type of to these digital technologies and of course they developed some processes which okay. kind of reached their limits by now okay. <clears throat> and because it's also a business that relies on uh, a bigger fleet yeah you kind of have to start optimizing and try to start to understand how can you take your business to the, to the next level and i we identified from my perspective we identified around four major problem areas uh, that they have i think on the other hand that they're really trying they're really trying to make their businesses more efficient i think they're really trying to uh, provide the best customer service, are really trying to provide the best maintained uh, yachts uh, in, in their portfolio. But as I mentioned, I think they kind of reached a limit in terms of uh, uh, scalability and uh, capabilities. And I give you one example, which is related to the customer experience. Yes. Yeah. So a customer is booking uh, a, a yacht via a booking platform, there are so many nowadays, it's quite simple actually to, to find a, a, a yacht, a vessel for, for chartering. Again, up to 24 meters. There are many booking.coms booking of, of the yachting, uh, yacht chartering in the industry. And once the customer, the client of our, of our customers actually books a yacht, now the interaction starts and everything at the moment it's very email based and pen and paper from the mo moment of the booking up to the moment of the checkout so the checkout mm -hmm. is actually the last day of the chapter when the customer leaves uh, leaves the, the vessel and imagine that if you if you have like a very big fleet of 50 100 boats yeah interact in which you actually charter weekly yeah yeah, because you can also chat chat daily, or you can have, uh, also chat by hour, or something like that. But you chat weekly. Imagine actually how many customers, the customer interactions you have yeah. along the whole uh, customer trip with you. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to send in emails with the contracts. You're also asking for a lot of sensitive information, uh, personal information of the customer via email, 
the customers nowadays are actually quite reluctant in, uh, in sharing this type of information. Why should I send you my ID or my passport uh, copy via email? Why should I say, uh, send you private information uh, via email and so on and so forth? So imagine that you have to manage so many customers via email in a non-centralized manner. And then the customer comes in the marina and of course your employees are trying to make the best, to, to offer the best experience in the marina, but they still need to focus on preparing the yachts for, for the new customer. They need to take them over from, uh, from, from the previous customers. They need to clean them. They need to repair it. If that's the case. They need to, uh, make the new paperwork, submit it to the port authority, for example. So for a customer, it's actually a black box to, uh, uh, during the time in the marina. Yeah. And it's really, a waiting game at the end of the day. They have to wait, they have to wait, and they go and they ask the base manager what is happening. Again, uh, quite quite pro problematic for both uh, parties, also for the base manager who wants to provide the best customer service, but also for the customer who's actually very excited to be there. They they, mm. they just see all the yachts out there, they want to be there, that, you know, all this, all this uh, experience. And then you go into the technical check-in, which is also pen and paper, and you, you take over your, your vessel and if something happens, that's also another story. And then you do the checkout also, also, uh, with a pen and paper. So everything is very cumbersome at the moment because it's very manual, non-centralized, non-compliant. I would say because you, you're actually as a yacht charter company, you are handling a lot of sensitive, uh, sensitive data because you have for example, all, uh, yachts have a crew and the crew list with, uh, crew information needs to be provided to the, to the port authorities, for example. So this is actually one of the, one of the biggest problems they have. Then we move on a little bit into operations, operational part, which is more related to how do they manage uh, their internal operations and the preparation of the yachts. And one is the related to the turnaround day. This is the this is actually the day when the old customers are leaving uh, uh, the yachts, and then they need to be prepared, uh, cleaned, repaired. Uh, the paperwork need, work needs to be done for the new customers, and this is actually is taking place in a time frame of six to eight hours. So that's a lot of pressure for, for, on them. <laughs> and because there is no centralized uh, uh, approach, yeah. There are a lot of redundancies uh, happening there. There's a lot of lost time uh, in communication. There is a lot of lost efficiency yeah? uh, when it comes to preparation of a yacht. And sometimes you don't know, hey, can I go clean that yacht? No, because I still have to, I still have to repair this thing. Or, so it's, it's a lot of miscommunication out there. And of course, they're trying to do their best, but this has a potential to, to become better. Then we, what we also identified as a problem is in, related to the uh, yachts or vessel maintenance of uh, of these guys. So either you have to do your regular maintenance check for for the yacht. It's very seasonal. So for example, you have the winterizing uh, process. Oh, yeah. The winterizing process is basically preparing your your uh, vessels uh, for for the winter. So you, if you have a sailboat, you get it, you're taking the sails out, you're cleaning it, and so on. Yeah. So uh, these processes. And everything at the moment, it's written on a notebook. Yeah, so it's like a pen and paper. It's the magic notebook. And if you have to repair something, you write it in a notebook or you put a, you put a note somewhere and you lost, lost uh, lose the note and, and so on. So it's quite difficult for them to organize themselves. 
They are trying to do their best, as I, as I mentioned. But this lack of centralization actually uh, has a lot of impact on, in their bottom line. And that, what, what does it mean? It means that, for example, if they manage uh, a yacht for a private owner, uh, for all the repairs uh, and the maintenance they do, they need to charge uh, that private owner. If they don't have a, let's say, a clear list of what had, or what repairs and maintenance tasks have been performed, yeah, they don't know how much they they, they need to charge uh, to charge uh, the owner. Uh, they don't know exactly <clears throat> how they need to. Um, actually, they they know, but it's very difficult for them to write to find all the information in one place and actually become more uh, more efficient in the yacht maintenance and operations. And another, uh, the fourth thing that we identified is related to their inventory management, which is kind of related to how uh, they manage the manage the bookings uh, and the yachts uh, which they offer for chat. Because there are some fantastic solutions out there who are offering uh, a booking uh, booking management solutions, but they need to actually manage them manually so what does it mean this is if i have my if i have my yacht on a, on a certain platform uh and a booking comes on that platform then i have to go automatically uh, i have to go manually actually not automatically i have to go manually to the other platforms and actually uh block that uh, vessel that yacht for that period yeah? yeah and maybe if something changes in that platform and the booking uh, is being cancelled then i have to go again to those, those platforms and actually release uh, uh, release the asset and make it available again. So we have all these problems these, uh, these guys are facing have been triggered by the growth of the industry and the growth of their business. Yeah? And in order for them actually to become more efficient and increase their bottom line, they actually need to do something and they need to adopt new solutions. And in this in today's digital world, yeah, they need to go digital. Yeah. Sure. That's the that's the secret nowadays. Yeah. So actually, you are facing the big challenge of digitalization in the industry, which is quite a, a big topic. Uh, and uh, it's quite interesting. You are like of make it easier the process of chartering, uh, charter a, a yacht, a boat. Uh, and you, your, I mean, your solution is like for every steps in the process of charter a yacht. I mean, it's not only focused on the beginning of the process by, for example, choosing the the right boat for the for the clients. It's like the fuel process, the management, uh, maintenance, uh, finding the yacht, the listing, etc., which is quite interesting. Uh, I mean, how can you implement all this solution in one platform? That's quite interesting to understand. So, first of all, what I want to tell you is that we are not we are not doing the booking part. So the booking part is being managed. It's being managed by other companies. Okay. Yeah. So, as an industry, I think it's very interesting that we have some we have some uh, good companies out there who are offering this this solution really well. Uh, I would mention MMK Booking Management Manager. I would mention now SIS. Uh, I would mention. Uh, uh, Platforms like this, which are mostly B two B focused, yeah. So these guys are actually uh, so the charter company hosts the inventory on this on these platforms, and these platforms actually distribute them uh, to others which yeah. are consumer facing. So we are not focusing on that part. We are actually taking over the moment a booking is being done is being done. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And we are more on the operational side and the customer interaction side. After the booking is being is being completed, either via a platform like Tower or like Sailogy or any other any other booking platforms which are consumer facing. So the the customer is booking their uh, MMK then uh, or now sees then forwards the booking to uh, to the actual company and now we take over and now the interaction can start okay. and because we are focused on on this part of, of of the process of the value chain we designed a platform that is extremely flexible and agile that at its core has a business process management module behind yeah, which is capable of uh, actually automating this process yeah and orchestrating all this process that happens after after the booking okay and what we do we basically we digitize the whole customer interaction meaning that the contracts become digital you have a single uh, uh, single interface with the customer where you can interact with the customer you can share sensitive documents you can ask for uh, for sensitive documents in a single interface which is compliant uh, then we orchestrate the turnaround process, which I was I was telling you, uh, and we map, for example, with uh, our customers, where, uh, we map the turnaround process. It's very interesting uh, that even small yacht charter companies have a specific turnaround process, which they kind of uh, improved with the years, trying to provide uh, an efficient way of, uh, of managing uh, this day. Then we do the t- task management part and uh, uh, the fleet uh, the fleet management part. You know, okay. so because we have again, as I mentioned, because we have this business process management module at the core of the platform, we can actually cater to these operations very very simply and very easily. And also, what we can do is actually, if we have a, a bigger customer customer and we are discussing discussing actually with a with a big customer at the moment big customer meaning uh, a charter company that has 30 something 30 something basis 500 plus yards yeah we, they have the specific process and they have the specific instance and so on mm-hmm. so we can also address those those customers but also sim- customers which with simpler processes yeah okay what it's what we also have as uh, as a again how we build the platform, it's around big data because we want to further develop it in the direction of machine learning and uh, and AI. Okay. Yeah, quite interesting. I'm going to come back with a more technical aspect later, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's quite interesting. And I imagine the market, uh, the charter market, it's quite, as you mentioned, we face a lot of challenges nowadays. Um, on the, but it's not only in the cha- uh, charter part, hein, every part uh, in this industry. Uh, I, now I want to switch on another topic, more about the startups ecosystem, uh, because, you know, my audience is like, uh, most of them are young people, but we are mm-hmm. actually we have all ages right now. Uh, on maybe some of them want to start their own startup, uh, on they don't know what to do. Firstly, how can you know that this, you you have the right solution that th- there is a need in this in this market because this is the most co- uh, complicated things when you start something to have, to get the idea you know i think that i think having the idea is the simplest approach it is you the simplest so? part of the process yes uh, because uh, ideas 
are plenty. And I mean, the good. This ideas. is something. Yes, and also good ideas. I, I've learned this actually. I, I I worked a while in San Francisco, and ideas were fly, Good ideas were flying around everywhere. The difference between an idea and a successful startup is execution. Have an idea. And the first thing that you need to do is actually try to validate it with your target customers or users. Mm. We are, for example, we are obsessive about this. Our uh, chief product officer, Costas, has actually worked a lot with our customers. I mean, spent hours listening, just listening. It's just like you don't have to act like you know it all. Just act like you don't know nothing and listen. And people will always tell you their problems. Mm. And if you identify that your solution actually matches the problem and solves that problem, and it has to be a problem which makes which which is really challenging for for them, yeah, then it's going to be very easy for you actually to uh, to create to start a, a, a company uh, and grow it. Of course, there are other, there are other challenges afterwards, but the first step is yeah. try to find the, the the so-called product market fit, yeah, which starts with customer interaction and user interaction. What are the problems? Tweak your product. Try to find uh, try to find uh, the right way because in our minds we are always biased in because of our experiences. But we not our opinion might not be relevant for the majority uh, of yeah. our target users or customers. So that's why go there, talk to your customers, have coffee with them, ask as many questions as possible. Don't be afraid to ask stupid questions, as they say. Uh, get in there and then find out what drives them and what uh, the challenges are, and then you will find your your definitely you'll find. Your, okay. Okay. On especially when you want to to launch like a, a startups regarding more technology, a SaaS, something like IT solution. Uh, do, what about the technical uh, knowledge? I mean, the technical skills. Do you need to code? Do you need to know some uh, framework? Oh, it works or this? Because it, it, yeah, for some people, it's quite a, a big gap. I think you have to have the right team that is complementary because okay. coding, of course, coding is very important in, we are talking about digital at the moment, uh, because I don't know if you're building a, an electrical boat, that's something else. Yeah. yeah. But if we, if you're talking about coding and if we're talking about digital solutions, I think it's very important to balance, uh, to have a balanced team. Uh, with complementary skills because okay. you can be the best coder if you don't understand the business then you're never you're never going to hit your product market fit or maybe you're going to have a good product market fit but maybe your go-to market strategy is wrong or your uh, product pricing is totally way uh, it's way off yeah so i think it is important to have the right mix there i don't Honestly, I don't recommend starting a company by yourself. I think it's always better to have a, to have a partner. Not only because you are you have different skills or complementary skills, but on on this journey, there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of challenges. Yeah, 
but yeah. don't do not underestimate under, underestimate the fact that you need also the business side. You also need the, the technical side, and you can always find, I think, enthusiastic people who want to uh, start a company, who are willing to uh, put in the effort. I think the younger the better because you're allowed to make mistakes and you're learning yeah. from your mistakes. Yeah, uh, just try to find your idea. Try to find. Uh, a complementary partner. So if you are on a business side, try to find somebody technical who can actually uh, help you develop maybe your, your MVP or your minimum viable product, and then maybe grow your uh, technical team. On the business side, you focus more a little or more on, on customer growth, on interactions and with customers and so on and so forth, looking at long-term strategy, looking at uh, the market trends and so on. So it's, it's a combination of skills. Okay. okay. Thank you for the insight. Uh, and of course, uh, something else, I imagine the network is quite important as well, uh, especially in the yachting industry. I know it's uh, like a very, well, I mean, every industry is like that, but yachting especially, a very, network is quite important, I imagine. Yes, it, it is. And I think, so I would say up to a certain point, if you are more on a business to business side, I think network is vital. Mm. And apart from network, which you can actually grow at one point, yeah, I think it is important that you build your brand because it's a traditional industry. The industry needs to build trust in your brand and in your company. And I think the, the more time you spend in the industry, your network will grow. Thank you. As I mentioned, in the B2B space, I think this is extremely important. On the consumer space, I think you don't need, for some use cases or for some problems that you're trying to solve, you don't need that. And I could make a little bit the parallel of, uh, of Google Maps. Yeah. Right. So imagine when, when Google Maps came in the market, yeah, you had the traditional Garmin players and uh, all these uh, navigation uh, providers. Yeah, and Google had some experts, of course, when it came to uh, mapping and all the technology, but they had no they had no uh, network in the industry. Yeah, they launched a product which was actually which was actually designed for consumers, which was e easy to adopt and easy to use. So it actually became viral by, by itself with time. And of course, it improved with time. And now, actually, it's the market leader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, good. Do you advise, like, for someone with a big network to maybe do something more related to B2B or someone who starts without a big network to something more B2C? Or, I mean, of course, there is no rules about it, but is it like a start with an advantage if. Uh, of, of course, you're going to have to be able to use all your advantages. Yeah. Uh, what I think is just try to understand your position. So you have an idea. Yeah. These ideas could be in all directions. They, they could be uh, in the B2B space, they, business to business space and business to consumer space. They could be technology. They could be digital. They could be and so on. So it's very, it's quite, it's quite difficult to say at the moment, but if you structure a little bit your your idea and try to understand uh, what the important stakeholders for your business, try to understand the value chain of your business, 
try to understand uh, what what you need to do, what which levers you need to uh, pull and, and and push in order to get there. Yeah, uh, then you'll know exactly what you have to do. Mm. If, for example, you have a B two B business where you say, "I would like to build, I don't know, a solution." A tracking solution for for uh, for vessels. Yeah, for yeah. There are so many at the moment, and there are some good European startups in this space. I would say. Then, in this case, having a network will help a lot. Yeah, because uh, if you have a network uh, when it comes to boat man- vessel manufacturers, it's going to be much more easier for you actually to access uh, uh, these people. Get information from these people, pitch your product, pitch your concept, and so on, and start proof of concepts, for example, and so on. Like that. Of course. So try to understand what is influencing your business and who is vital for your business, and then try uh, try to focus on lowering lowering those barriers. For okay. as they say. Okay, uh, quite interesting. And in terms of competition, uh, because when you start Iconotics, I imagine in the market you have some uh, other, you have many different players. Uh, how did you, how can I say, how did you see the competition? Did you see that like it means there is a market or it's, it's more like uh, something which is not good? We need to find a way to, to be different from the competitors. So... I would say that at the moment the market doesn't have a leader. Okay. Yeah. So the market it's very much so I think there are three companies in total with us, so which are kind of active in our space, in our segment. Yeah. I would say that competition is always good. Yeah. I would say that competition is a confirmation that it's a confirmation that your idea and the problem that you're trying to solve has been seen by others, which actually should uh, make you more eager uh, in putting more energy into it. So when we started, for example, for us, it started from a problem that we identified. Uh, and this is how everything built up in the second product, because it's the second, the Yacht Chapter Management Platform is the second product that we have. But it's basically we started from from the problem that we had when we were in the marina and we were discussing with the base manager and that's when we when it clicked for us and we build it and we build upon that. Of course, in the meantime, there are some other startups. Of course, everybody it's talking digitization. Everybody understands the is starting to understand the value of digitization. I think the younger generation in the yacht charter companies. Do want to digitize and do, do want to adopt more of these solutions, but for us, I would say it's a very interesting uh, dynamic because in in the market the competition are, uh, is also a startup, yeah, uh, and it's in my opinion I think we should work somehow together to educate the market because there is a lot of uh, space for all of us at the moment. Yeah, that's quite good. That's good to know. And in terms of market, more about the location. Um, I, I know most of your business is like uh, in the Mediterranean Sea, uh, a little bit northern Europe. Um, is that 
uh, what about the charter market actually that it can be a good you can provide us a good overview of where is the market i mean uh, i imagine most of the market is in the mediterranean sea that's a little bit of a misconception yeah okay interesting to i'm happy that i'm really <laughs> i'm really happy that you're asking this question because so the yacht chapter market as all yeah so yeah. talking from the smallest boat to the yacht biggest super yacht it's around 30 something billion uh, uh, dollars in 2023 and it's forced to grow differently and it's very interesting to notice that it, it has it, it is different per region and the dynamics are a little bit different so of course when everybody's thinking about yacht chartering either they are thinking about super yachts yeah which are cool of course it's nice to do to, to go on the super yachts and and spend time there and have your vacation or everybody's thinking about south south of europe Mediter mediterranean as you say yeah which are traditional holiday destinations yeah. of course people are also thinking caribbean yeah, yeah. as well as a destination but if you look at in more detail at the market, you will notice that actually the north of Europe has more chattering business than the south of Europe. Yeah. There are actually more boats on water in the north of Europe than in the south of Europe. Of course, there is a different dynamic in, uh, in the sense that in south of Europe, in the Mediterranean, usually the chatters are on a weekly basis while on the north of europe there are more daily mm. two three days weekends uh, also weeks during uh, during uh, the summer and more on the uh, powerboat side of, of of the of the vessel so in the north of uh, of uh, of europe powerboats are more chartered than mm. sailboats while in the mediterranean it's more on the sailboat sailboat side they have different regulations as well. I can give you the example of Netherlands. For example, do you know that in Netherlands, you can charter a boat up to 11 meters and a certain um, speed limit or engine power without having a skipper license. So basically, okay. Paul Louis, you don't have a skipper license and you want to go charter a sailboat uh, of whatever, 37 uh, feet. You go to Lemur to a fantastic charter company called Enjoy Sailing, and they will actually uh, rent you that that yacht without anything. Yeah, so mm. it's it's a little bit of a difference different story. But if you want a canal boat in the in Netherlands, which goes up to I don't know 15 uh, kilometers per hour maximum, you can also charter it again without a skipper license. Well, if you go into the south of Europe, of course, you need to have a skipper license. You need to have a cost skipper, actually. So the regulations are a little bit different. Mm, that's so that's, that's quite different. If you go to the U.S., then it's a different story. In the U.S., uh, more, it's mostly chartering per day. Yeah, actually, even, even hours. And in terms of dynamics of the market, I think... Coming back to Europe, the south of Europe, the Mediterranean, it's the yacht charter industry is dominated mostly by professional charter companies, mm. while the north of Europe and the US, it's more on a peer-to-peer -peer approach. Okay. 
Yeah, it's quite interesting to understand the behavior of like uh, the users of boats. And I can notice now that I live in the Netherlands that people, most of them uh, use like sailing boats and uh, during the whole year, I mean, of course, more yes. during summer, but still in winter, we have some sailors. But I know that in the south of France, for example, it's most, most of the time it's like during summer and during yes. winter, you can see the sea is always empty. <laughs> so, yes. So the market sure. is quite different. And how, how are you like uh, adapting depending the market with your solution? Is it something you need to take into account or there is no influence on, on your project? No, there is no influence because we solve the same core problem. Yeah. It's just the dynamics are a little bit, a little bit different uh, in terms of, okay, if, as I mentioned, in the south of Europe, there is more on a weekly basis chattering while in the north of Europe, it could be also weekends. It could be also a few days. So it's it's more it's more flexible in terms of time. But at the core, it, it's actually the same. You still need to maintain your boat. You still need to interact with your customer. You still need to do the turnaround process. Actually, the turnaround process it's a little bit more uh, intense if you charter every two days or every three days. So you right. actually have, you have more things to do, um, and. Uh, it's very similar in terms of that. And also when it comes to private owners, we look at it a little bit different, differently. It's more on the maintenance part and keeping your boat, uh, because for a private owner, it's very important that his boat, yeah, it's his boat, his baby, uh, it's well maintained. And if they charter it from time to time, uh, the person that charts, that gets it, yeah, takes care of it. And uh, it's more on the maintenance part and more on the uh, on how do I keep actually a, a, a clean uh, repairing history and maintenance history of my boat so that my the, the value the resale value doesn't increase and actually decrease, uh, not doesn't decrease actually increases. Okay, yeah, quite interesting. Uh, and I want to ask you a question like, uh, what are, what is the goal of Aculotis in long term? What 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 would you, would you like in the long term? Like, uh, what kind of impact do you want to make in the market? So that that that's a that's a very uh, tricky question. question to me. <laughs> it's a tough question, and I'll I know it's not nice, but I will follow up with a question. Do okay. You, what do you think? So is the, your question related to the, the revenue that we're planning? Is it is your question related to uh, the impact that we want to bring in the market? Or what is no. the direction you want to you no, no, talk about? No, not the about? revenue, because this is something we cannot so project, but more like the, I can say, uh, what kind of, mm, I mean, I was more about the solution you want to serve in the in the future. I mean, do you want to to develop more vertical into Incunity? Yes. Do you want to uh, to stay like uh, on this uh, helping like uh, in the B 2 B side, oh, that's more my question. No, so uh, we want to grow. So for us, what we noticed is that the shared economy is kicking in a lot. Yeah, mm. and of course we start with the with the customer segmentation. We start with the professional chapter businesses at the moment, and we focus on these guys and their problems. But we notice that the shared economy is kicking in and there is a lot of willingness from private owners to be able to charter their boats, but they do have some, some challenges. And we're trying to lower that those, uh, those challenges. 
those barriers for them uh, to enter into the, into the charter, into the peer-to-peer charter, charter market, which is not related to the booking part. As I mentioned, we are not focused on, on the yeah. booking part. We are focused on uh, on the problems that they have with the operation, operational part. So in the future, we really want to enable these guys to participate in the, in the market. And this is one of the aspects that we want to work of course, we do have some interesting ideas when it comes to marketplaces and, uh, and integrations with third-party solutions, like uh, vessel tracking uh, solutions, uh, like uh, uh, marketplaces for marketplaces for um, services in the industry, and so on. So we would like to we we want to solve these problems for them and actually lower these barriers, barriers of entry, as I mentioned. Thank you. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's good. A bit because uh, I was asking this question because as well, you you are more serving the boating industry, uh, but what about the super yacht industry, which is completely? Uh, I think it's another di- dynamic. Huh? It's a completely different industry, by the way. It's a comp- completely different industry, but what? So we have a staged approach. So we have this is our third trial at one point. So we we aim. But going into the superior industry and we build our platform with this in mind so that's why we, we say we have a very agile platform we have uh, that can actually cater to simple processes up to complex processes and what we see in the superior industry is that i think they are doing more in terms of digital digitalization than the rest of the industry i think though on the other hand they are, they are still they are using some outdated uh, uh, solutions which are on all the technology stacks and they need to upgrade and they need to uh, they need to adopt new technologies and what we think that we can bring as value for them is that basically we can actually have take all these complex processes that they have yeah and digitize them and put them in our business process management uh, engine, apply mm-hmm. machine learning to it, apply in the future also uh, AI, you know? okay. and actually address easier much of their needs, which means in terms of, which means in terms of uh, super yacht business, it means that your costs with managing these solutions goes, uh, uh, lowers significantly. Okay. Okay, cut in this thing on you talk about AI. Uh, I'm quite curious right now <laughs> because you know it's a quite uh, I can say a fashion nowadays to talk about AI. Um, what do you what are you going to do with AI? It's quite interesting. We have a few ideas. We so coming back a little bit to our this to our initial discussion. Any technology or any solution makes sense if it solves a problem that, that is important for your target user or target customer. I can give you a few examples, but I'm not going to go deep into what we uh, want to do. Um, I'm just going to give you, I think we should delimit it a little bit to uh, what is AI and what is machine learning. Yeah, machine learning, it's the step prior to AI, yeah? And we think that we should start with machine learning initially. 
And the, a very simple use case that I can give you, it's actually planning your, uh, your resources very easily and efficiently. And how, how does it work? I was mentioning earlier that you have to winterize your books. Yeah. And you have to prepare certain, you have to prepare, you have to do certain steps to prepare your boats for, for winterizing. And you have yeah. a crew, you have these employees with this specific skill set, or you have also some external, uh, some external resources, I don't know, electrician or um, something like that. And you have a plan that you need to winterize your boats by a certain date. And you have a certain step of tasks that you need to perform. And as a fleet manager who's managing maybe, I don't know, three, four, five bases, yeah, you have to optimize this calendar somehow. And, and at the moment, it's really problematic for you to do that. And so, of course, it's doable, but it's really complex work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now what we want to do is, well, we want to take this data and apply a machine learning algorithm that learns with time, of course, it adapts with time, that always gives you the right uh, uh, solution to this, to this challenge, to this uh, organizing right. challenge. And if something changes along the, along the line, then the system is capable of adapting itself automatically and give you automatically a new solution. Okay. Yeah? So this is one thing. Uh, one, th another thing is related to predictive maintenance of your vessels. Yeah. yeah. So you can understand that the system is learning. You have a fleet of, I don't know, you have a fleet of sailboats from, Part of them is from this manufacturer, part of them is from the other manufacturer, and so on and so forth. And they have different characteristics, different needs, these different specifications, just like car. Yeah. Um, if I have a I don't know, BMW diesel, uh, needs an oil change to much uh, faster than a, a, a gasoline one. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not that good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, so you're trying to predict this stuff so that. If you start predict, uh, do predictive maintenance, then you can maintain your fleet much more efficiently, and you can prolong the lifespan, the lifespan of, of your fleet, and avoid actually damages that can occur with, when you don't have a proper maintenance. Okay. So these are these are some just some use cases. Another use case could be, and here we go a little bit into generate generative AI for AI. So why can't you use uh, a gen AI solution to interact with your customers? Yeah. That understands the customer, what the customer is saying, that can actually speak English, can actually speak German, can actually speak Italian. You, so you, so you, you kind of start uh, providing an awesome customer service to your customers, which is extremely personalized. Yeah. Because the solution actually has access to your CRM system, knows your, knows your customer, knows maybe that customer has been with you maybe 10, 15 times so far. So it treats the customer in a certain way because there is a trust already already built. It's just like you're, you're transferring mm. the personal experience in, in, into this Gen AI uh, experience. Because, for example, if you go to a, a certain ch chapter company and you chapter one you, once, you chapter twice, you chapter twice, five times, the base manager knows you next time. And then the process will be different because he knows that you are a good skipper. He knows that you're bringing the boat 
or the layout in good conditions back and it's going to be much more relaxed in terms of uh, in terms of how he hands over the, the boat or if you I don't know, if you find some some problems with the boat after the technical check-in he would trust you and so on yeah so you can actually take these these uh, things and transfer them into gen ai conversation that brings a different uh, uh, level of uh, customer interaction okay yeah, quite. Uh, yeah, thank you for this insight. Quite interesting. Uh, and I've seen uh, Acunetics. You have uh, an app, uh, Acunetics app. I don't know if you want to talk about it uh, because I've just seen it on Apple app on my phone, and I was quite um, curious about it. <laughs> cool. So yes, we do have an app, and uh, let me know what you're curious about, but I can present it uh, yeah. shortly. Uh, I mean. You you have some features we use for example in marine traffic so you can yes. uh, but i think it was more i can what can i say more deep you know we can have access to the what meters are you from the other boat on this kind of stuff yes and uh, can you develop a little bit it's quite interesting yes. so that was developed when we so when the idea for the app came uh, when we were sailing in flotillas and sailing in flotillas, you, I think the biggest flotilla that I've, I've personally been, I know there are bigger flotillas than that, but the biggest one was like, I think, 15 uh, yards. And it was very difficult for us to coordinate uh, during our passages. And it was difficult for us to see, okay, uh, we're waiting for this guy, we're waiting for this keeper and so on. And, and so where is he? So we are trying to reach him. He was far away. The, the marine radio didn't work or he didn't hear or he didn't answer. Of course, WhatsApp was there, but uh, maybe he wasn't paying attention. So what we said, there is marine traffic. And how do you, for example, how do you uh, uh, try to organize yourself on water uh, using available technologies? And because we are coming from IT and telecommunications, we said, okay, let, let's try to use smartphone technology, actually, to solve this issue. <laughs> and then we said, we want to go with these 15 vessels or so on into a certain sailing area or in a certain marina and we want to understand okay do we have enough berthing around for it yeah so then we we thought about it and we said okay we have this problem how do we solve it and then we started developing our uh, our application which is actually it's a lot we call it live marine traffic application and yeah. what does it do it's basically combining IES data with smartphone, uh, smartphone technology to create a more accurate uh, marine traffic, uh, um, marine traffic outlook in a certain area, because some vessels, some yachts, yeah, do have this IES tracking system. You know, uh, I think in shipping or some, or, yeah, in, in shipping, shipping, it's quite popular. It's a must. Yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Certain or certain size of vessels are they have are uh, the law or you have it's mandatory to get this yeah. IS, uh, yeah. it's mandatory exactly yeah. sorry yeah <laughs> it's mandatory to have it but then in the lower segment it's uh it's a nice to have yeah 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 of course and then we said okay there are no trackers uh, there are no trackers on so what what can what technology can use a substitute. And then we said the smartphone is a perfect substitute for it because the skipper is on the boat. He's always keeping yeah. that. And 
that's why we, we combine the two technologies so that we, we get out and visualize the, the marine traffic in, in a certain area. And what we also create is that we had also the compliance in mind. So, for example, I know you've been, you've been tracked with this application, but actually this application is tracking you all, only when you are on water. So it senses the moment you are on land and it's not showing anything anymore because we wanted to keep the accuracy of, of the data of, and of, on the, of the information that, uh, that we show. Because if you look, if you open the application, you'll see that on land there is nothing because we never, la- we never track nobody who's on land. Yeah, okay. So that is uh, as accurate as possible. Okay. Well, wow, quite interesting. And you can use it if you are in a flotilla and uh, you want to share location, uh, share location with uh, with your fellow uh, skippers. You create a you create a, a flotilla. You invite them, uh, and that's it. I, w- I would love to be uh, at sea, to be honest with you, right now. But <laughs> <laughs> and um, I wanted to say something. Um, oh yes, so you are using the GPS technology. Huh? Yes. Okay. GPS yes. and uh, and uh, also um, uh, LTE. Yeah? Okay. I mean, the GPS, it, the smartphone is not tracking location exclusively by GPS. It's also triangulating um, the towers, the cellular towers, to become to be more accurate. Okay. Uh, old smartphone. Uh, I mean, current smartphone. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I think. Uh, in my side, I don't have more questions, but if you want to add something, a word of the end, you can always say something. <laughs> I think we are good. Yes, I think, I think we are good. What I, what I love, so you wanted to know a lot about uh, innovation and being an entrepreneur in the industry. Yeah. And I think my message uh, it towards this is very important. We do need innovation in the industry. We do need solutions out there. Uh, I would say to every young uh, professional, try to start something. You will be amazed by the support you're going to get. You will be amazed uh, how much you're going to learn mm-hmm. out of it. Don't be afraid to uh, to fail. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, and... Uh, you will see that the journey is actually a fantastic experience for you. Thank you, uh, Katalin. Thank you for this podcast. I think you bring a lot of value uh, and uh, hopefully some, some listeners uh, will, uh, you know, identify with, come up with some ideas. I don't know. Uh, so thank you again. I wish you, of course, all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you as well for you guys. All the best and keep up the good work uh, because I really like your podcast. And as I mentioned, I appreciate that you uh, touch this topic. I think it does require more visibility uh, and looking forward to seeing your uh, your podcast audience grow. Yeah, thank you. Same with Accuratics, by the way. <laughs> thank you. And then we'll see each other around and maybe next next, or next sure. podcast, we're going to do it on a, on a boat. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Great. Bye bye, uh, Catherine. Take care. Bye bye, Pauline. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this episode. We are looking forward to bring you more insights from maritime professionals, experts, and students. Do not hesitate to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Your support means a lot to us and helps us to bring you more content.